Did that even work? Yeah, it worked on my side. Oh, man. We are having all kinds of Wi-Fi issues over at the Bailey household. But coming in hot, here we are. Good Another Lord. serious angler. Tuesday Night Live, powered by X2, our good friends over at X2. And as always, the host is here, Bailey Egret, and I am your co-host, the captain. What is up, my friend? Way to take over, buddy. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I got awesome. it. I got it. All right. Like we, we know you've been having some Wi-Fi issues and internet issues at your house, and it seems to work just fine. And then as soon as we go live or record, it's like, nope, fuzz you out. So and somehow my internet's great. And we we're talking offline that literally my Wi-Fi router is like 500 feet on the other side of my house. And I literally have no issues. And yours is right above you. And it's like, nope. you're out of here, bud. Strike Pay 100 break. plus dollars a month for this crappy <laughs> freaking Wi-Fi. John King coming in hot. Your internet is as crappy as your floating shelves. <laughs> See, there it is. Bailey's timing out on us again. So, but anyways, while we wait for him to unfreeze here, um, we have an awesome episode for you here tonight. We are talking about our top five most fun techniques to catch bass. And I'm sure Bailey will never freeze as he is setting the hook on a lot of these fish. So we're going to dive right into that. We're going to count on some like personal touch stories on some of our favorite catches and even the setups that we use all the way down the line and reels. And if we do any modifications with these baits, it's going to be a really good one. So sorry about the technical difficulties, but we're going to make it work. So are you, are you with us? I hope so. I see Scott's <laughs> comment about, I pity the next cable guy that goes to my house. Yeah. I'm, I try to be nice, but this I'm done with this spectrum internet, man. I, I I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm going to try my very best to be as nice as possible when I. We need some Starlink things. for you. We got to call uh, Elon Musk. And some yeah, Starlink need Elon to save the day. And there, there was one guy. I'm trying to remember who it was that slid my DMs, try to help me with the Wi-Fi. Um, I need to. Uh, he said to use some sort of app, whatever, to configure some Wi-Fi. I got to do that because, dude, like it's. I, I feel genuinely guilty right now that we're trying to put on this show, and the people listening or watching, it's not the most pleasurable experience when someone's glitching out half the time which is probably going to glitch out here as i'm having this monologue but it's i don't know man it's really infuriating working so hard to set the stuff up and just for your equipment to to fail but nonetheless we're going to try to be positive about it and have some fun because we're here to talk fishing and hopefully it doesn't glitch me out yeah we it, talk about it and it's weird too because it's like a rolling wi-fi like outage for you so you'll be like crystal clear beautiful as ever like picture clean and all of a sudden it's just like yeah, I don't get it, dude. Like, and I'll be on, I'm on work meetings all day and have no problem. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it's StreamYard or what, but it is just a huge pain. And I'm either way, I'm, I'm, prom I promise people I'm working as hard as I can to fix this crap. Uh, tried to use a Wi Fi extender today and it literally would not connect either. So I don't know what the issue is. Um, but it's above my pay grade. At least we can get some comedic relief here, Bailey. Uh, big boy Yakin says at this point, the freezes are pretty funny. Not going to lie. And I think some of these freezes too, like sometimes I might have to remove you from the screen because it's going to leave you in a vulnerable position with like your mouth open or something. So we don't yeah. want to leave you up like that. But let yeah. Rip. And Scott, if you have a 45 foot Ethernet cable, please let me know. I've not, not even 45, probably 100 feet. Yeah. 
because uh, I can, whatever reason, this house was made in 1840, whenever 300,000 years ago, and doesn't have any Ethernet ports down here where I have the studio. And uh, not setting up studio in the living room. I don't think my wife would appreciate that much. Ah, tell her it's for the greater good. Yeah, do it for the team. <laughs> do it for the team. Yes. Nonetheless, I promise I am going to make this the last episode that I have a freeze. And I know that's a big promise, but I'm going to make it happen because now I'm like really mad about it. So it's just one of those, one of those things. I'm going to figure it out um, yeah. because I want these shows to be as best as possible for you guys. And when it doesn't, it's not even gonna. I'm sure most people honestly don't care. But for me, like I want, I'm not saying we're like this tip top shape professional podcast because we're not, but I, I like to at least have it be enjoyable because i can understand the frustrations of trying to listen to a podcast and having like weird noises throughout the thing echoes things like that like it's the small things where suddenly somebody glitches out and then it's like oh it's kind of annoying but again i apologize i'll end my rant there because we got a cool topic we're talking about today just talking about our top favorite baits that we think personally are the most fun to catch a bass with yeah because it's something like i feel like you and i are very we are like a bass in the sense that we're opportunistic. We're like, as long as we're getting bit, we're having fun. But there are bites in particular that we think are, if we had a choice of how we are going to catch them, that these would be the most fun ways to do it. Yeah. And ironically, like, I think my last two are smallmouth ways that I like to catch smallmouth. And the, the other three are largemouth. And we have this discussion all the time, right, about how, like, all I all I can think about while I'm smallmouth fishing is going to catch largemouth, and then when I'm largemouth fishing, all I can think about is getting back to catching smallmouth after a couple days. But I mean, it's a nice it's nice to have a refresher, a change of pace, but also when you can bust out a bigger stick than normal, like a flipping stick or a frogging rod, as opposed to a drop shot or a real skinny spinning rod. Um, it's just something that's super exciting to me. And I, and I don't, I know you shared your list with me and I looked at it briefly, but I think we're on pretty much relative the same pace in ways of the, not in the same number order, but like the same pace of ways of way we like to catch fish and what we find like the most exhilarating ways for us personally to catch big fish and put them in the boat. So I guess in the comments section, it'd be kind of interesting because I think I'm on, while our lists are different, I get what you mean by they're similar. So I'm curious, put it in the comments while we start going through this. Do you guys think it's going to be any finesse in here? Do you think it's going to be half finesse, half power, all power, all finesse? Let me know what you think. And let me know your five or or three if you don't want to do five. But No, I want everyone to do five because everyone could easily do five personally thinking because there are so many different ways and so many techniques that we can catch bass and everyone has like one multiple one or multiple memorable catches on some type of technique so i think it'd be really cool to see all of it yeah what a rip we're top 50 or bust (laughs) give give us your all i want to go 50th (laughs) to first spam the comments let's have some fun every single All right. I mean, before before we do that, real fast again, um, next week, like a week from today, is going to be our Thanksgiving special. I don't know if we're going to have two shows next week, being that Thanksgiving is it's Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving will be Thursday. Um, well, we might try to get an episode out, but there's a good chance that next week it's just we'll do like a one long 
Tuesday night uh, show for you guys. But um, it, next week today is the last day to get involved on the Project Purple giveaway that we're doing. So if you want a chance to win a 100-amp X2 power lithium battery, a $200 bait package, uh, more custom baits on top of that, uh, serious angler apparel, and even more stuff. Um, if you want to get it on that, the link is down in the description. All you guys got to do is donate to Project Purple. It could be a dollar. You get one entry. It could be $10, 10 entries. You guys understand. You've heard the spiel over the past few episodes, but uh, just know that you can win some pretty dang cool stuff and you're helping out the people fight the good fight. So would much appreciate uh, you doing that and appreciate everybody that's gone and donated already. Uh, it seriously means a lot to us. Um, and it means a lot to the folks at project purple because we're helping them make their jobs a little bit easier to help people that really need it. So um, much appreciated there. And we're not done with giveaways. You guys know that we have, uh, we'll keep reminding you is that rec lending giveaway. Uh, we've oh, been yeah. working with rec lending for boat financing for quite a while this year. Uh, they're amazing people to work with. Uh, really insightful uh, Deacon over at Business from the Bass Boat has had some incredible shows where people have gotten to ask their questions direct to the source and have some help when it comes to buying a boat, maintaining a boat, paying for a boat, that sort of thing. And they're running a pretty dang uh, big giveaway, um, $10,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. And it's free to sign up for the giveaway. So kind of a no-brainer for you guys. You don't even need to have a boat to sign up for it. Um, so that's also down in the description. We'll have that in every single show whether you guys are on YouTube or um, MP3, but make sure you guys get signed up with that. And then last but not least, when we start getting into our baits here, because speaking of baits, Omnia fishing early black Friday sales going on right now, 20% off site wide. Uh, you don't see that very often anywhere. So get, get in on that and get your baits. And it's, it's not even like something we're pumping because it helps us. Like you're not even using our code. It doesn't help us. any. we're just trying to help you guys. Like you're saving 20% off on your entire order on everything across the site. Although I don't know if it, it still works for uh, like Shimano. Cause I think Shimano is the uppity folk where they don't allow discounts on their product. Is that right, Andy? Correct. Are you testing that theory right now? No. So a uh, couple ones that don't allow the, the uh, don't allow the discounts is like Shimano and Megabass are the two that I know of on Omnia. There might be a couple more, but those are the two that I know for sure that the discount code does not work on. And that's just simply because Shimano and Megabass and Jackal might be another one. Just simply don't allow people, retailers to discount their prop, um, to discount their product unless they run like a product sale or they discontinue a product and they want to get it out of the shelves. They just don't care about you guys like we do. Yeah. <laughs> JK, we love all Shimano, Megabass, all that stuff. Well, for real, take advantage of it if you can. Um, oh, hey, it's a great time if you're looking to get Blackfish gear, 20% off Blackfish gear. Yeah. Great it's time great. to get in on that. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, one of the coolest things ever is like some of my friends and clients that come out with me on guide trips and when they show up and they're wearing Blackfish gear. And it's like, why did you buy the gear i've never talked to you about and they're like oh well we see your post and you're wearing it then we're walking through cabela's or wherever they are going online and they're buying it themselves because it just shows that it's such good gear and the other day where i was hiking with a couple of my clients i'm sorry for going on this rant and they both looked at me and like man this <coughs> i believe it was like the gale fleece pullover hoodie like we're dying i go well yeah you you're wearing like gear that'll keep you sweating in 20 degrees 
below Fahrenheit or like 10 degrees or 20 degree temperatures. Like you should probably should have gone on a five mile hike wearing a hoodie lined, wind resistant, waterproof hoodie. But yeah, yeah, they stayed warm. I'll tell you that. Oh, I'm sure. Once people actually wear it, they kind of like, oh, crap. Really <coughs> uh, fast, Michael Bradley goes, did you really ask if Thanksgiving is on a Thursday? And I see you to call that out because look, people what, that listen what to is show, Thursday? <laughs> you, you guys should know by now, I'm not the smartest person in the world. That's why I'm here asking the questions, not, not answering anything. So take today's episode with a grain of salt. Uh, but yeah, feel free to. See, these are the comments I enjoy. I love when people rip into us. It's actually pretty funny. Especially Michael. Michael's here every show, so he's just yeah. he can rip into us anytime he wants. Um, but uh nonetheless, uh let's get into today's topic, Andy. All right. You wanna you wanna lead us off, Captain? Let's go backwards, five to one. Yeah, I'm with it. All right. All right. So I'm I'm a toss-up, so I'm gonna do a one A, well, a five A and a five B here. And I think they're about equal for me because both of these techniques and baits that I'm about to mention literally play about the same time at the same time of year for me. It's going to be an Alabama rig or a crankbait. I couldn't decide which one I love more. I think the A rig is a more memorable fish catch for me when I get like two, four, two, five pounders on it a row in river current or when I can get them to eat it out in Lake Erie in like 35 to 50 foot of water. It's just one of those most exciting bites that you'll ever feel when they just about rip the rod out of your hand 100 feet away but the crankbait is so much fun just speed cranking and burning that thing when they eat it you don't even really have to set the hook because they're eating it and turning and going the other way and every time they rip that rod out of your hand and then when you catch 12 13 20 of them in 20 casts like in a row it just becomes un unreal it, it's top six for Andy, guys. Yeah. Oh, I got some honorable mentions too, because I've I have some really really memorable fish catches on quite a few baits, and I just love bass fishing, so it's hard for me to really narrow it down into five. Oh gosh, what? Up, that's Andy? the only split up. It's the only split up. The rest of them are one bait technique, four through one. Well, shout out to our boy Andrew Hayes from Tackle Talk Podcast in the comments. Uh, chances are, if you know bass fishing, you know tackle talk. But if you live under a rock, uh, he's one of the best, if not the the biggest fishing podcast right now. You guys should go check that out if you haven't already. Highly encourage you to. Um, but while Andy continues his top 10, I will start off my top five. Uh, <laughs> this is where we're the same, man. Like, I can get struggle here. to get, get out of here. <laughs> When, we, when I go fishing, I struggle to get under five rods with me. I, this is where we are the same. People. Hold up. Hold up. I'm like, Bailey, come over at 4 a.m. We're going to go fishing. He brings his entire basement. He might not bring many tackle boxes, but he brings every rod, I think, in his basement. And when you see pictures of the front deck, it's like, yeah, but what are the two? Mount Everest and whatever the next biggest mountain <laughs> is next to it over in the Himalayas on my front deck. And then you turn around in the co-pilot seat and there'll be seven more of his rods. I hate so, rigging up, man. Like, I, so I bring three rods. They all got to drop you. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody ever called me a fishing, man. I love it. I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged. Um, okay. So I, I actually got pretty specific with mine in regards to like the bait technique and like in the situation. Um, and this one's kind of be kind of straightforward, but uh, my fifth one is a frog, but 
specifically, I mean, obviously throwing a frog anywhere and get bitten on a frog is, is fun as heck. My favorite thing with a frog is that time of year, like that mayfly hatch springtime where they're just coming off bed where they're still all shallow. They're not spawning. Some of them might be fry guarding, but they're coming off bed and there's a bunch of over, like you have some lakes that have overhanging trees. Yeah. Oh my God. I love freaking love skipping a frog under overhanging trees <laughs> half the time you can't even see your frog all you're doing is you're listening <laughs> you're listening and you're watching your line just and you're just setting the hook like a maniac and half the time the, the fish is coming through trees to get to your boat like it's that is that is my most favorite part about frog is getting it up in the nasty stuff you know it's fun like i love i absolutely love that frog bite but uh and this is an honorable mention. It didn't even make my top five. I just want to. You talk. haven't entered the top five for Andy yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk, like, make a little story here, real fast. There was a little bay that I was fishing. It works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> no, but um, this was, I think it was in September, and I texted you right afterwards. I was basically skipping a Rio Rico up underneath, like, weeping willow trees. And it was the same thing, like, way in the back, and you could hear it chugging and then all of a sudden you say she's like yep because <laughs> it would echo out dude can you get rid of the music <laughs> <laughs> yes yes top, i'm so top glad top i have that sound it's so good oh you gotta take a shot every time andy's top five turns up to <laughs> we're at top seven now according to top seven all right, add two more bailey two more <laughs> oh gosh but yeah that, right. that bites way too much fun it is. I agree. And this is where, like, I love this topic because it's fun to talk about and it's full of rabbit holes. That's what people, I think, like is they like the tangents. But at the same time, it's so hard for us to pick because as long as we're getting bit, Andy and I are giggling like little kids. We're like, oh, man, dragging a worm. It's so much fun. And, like, we're giggling. And then it's like, what are you doing, you idiot? Yeah. Throw a crankbait, please. <laughs> yeah. Having fun. Just having fun. Yeah. All right. So is it my turn? Or do you want to go another one? Seeing as though you haven't cracked your top five yet. Oh, come on. No. So my number four, even though we're now on like eight. Right? <laughs> you believe in answering from the music. What is swim day? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You know, maybe we should make that a segment in the future and just like cue it up and find a way to put a drop screaming in. That'd be hilarious. We got to find a way to Mass do that. University did that because I think that you had to actually answer the question like Sam did here is what is swim day? I think you. Bass University, I want to say, did that like yeah. a while ago. A couple because I used to time, uh, tune into all their live streams. If you if you answered it as like swim bait, you know what's right, it wouldn't count because you didn't do what is. So I think <laughs> they did that. It was super cool. I don't. I wonder if they still That's do so it anymore. But, uh, yeah. Nonetheless, sorry. Keep going. So number four for me, and since I got forward facing sonar right mega live on my boat and hot topic, don't. Hate on us in the comments here. A jerkbait went from one of my least favorite techniques to throw to one of my absolute favorite ones, especially when you're on a hot smallmouth bite in current and you can keep it in that forward-facing cone and you call them from 100 feet away and they'll come and chase that thing. And Justin Hamner was one of my favorite jerkbait episodes we did here on the podcast. He was talking about instead of doing like one, two, one, one, two, three, one, just like a steady pop with it. And since I've gone to that steady, just pop like almost sinking it as a spook underneath the water, 
I can't tell you how many smallmouth I've had just get curious. And because it just continues darting away from them, that they just explode on it. Whenever I see one come up on forward facing, I literally yell out loud to the fish. I'm like, come on, eat it, eat it. Eat it. Oh, he's got it. And I'm like talking the whole play through like a sports announcer in a football game. It's absolutely hilarious. And yeah. I lose my mind every time one comes up and smokes a jerk bait. One of mine is exactly that reaction, except you're watching them visually and not with forward facing sonar. I mean, you can, but you're still the same reaction. Like, eat it, you bastard, because you can see him like tailing it. But yeah, I mean, I got on a pretty good jerk bait bite here in the fall. I love throwing a jerk bait to you, especially, you know, with using forward facing sonar. But Dude, it was really nice. I got out in the fall, put together the pattern, and there was something nice about as, as much as I like learning from forward facing. There was something nice about I turned it off and just went down the went down the bank because conditions were it was half sunny, half cloudy, and wind was blowing. I just let the wind take me and just threw the jerk bait down the bank and caught twenty two pounds of a mixed bag, which is going to be a cool upcoming video for be the fish, but. Just like when you have that fall jerkbait bite dialed in or even just know the conditions because the jerkbait works all year round. Uh, there's something about that jerkbait bite when you just lock up. It's just there's something very addicting about that when they're ripping the rod out of your hand, especially with a jerkbait. Um, uh, it, it's an unreal feeling, like especially if whoever's tuning into this, the get, people that are tuning in, right? Like if they ever have a small mouth eat a jerk bait, they will know that it's completely different than a large mouth mushy bite. As mm-hmm. they, they come up to kill that dang thing. They will turn and run as fast as they came up to eat it. And you better hold on and you better go home and stretch your forearms and your wrists because you will be hurting. Yeah. The, I, I did kind of an interesting pattern. It was, it was cool though, like when you when you put this stuff together. But anytime I found, you know, our water is this lake was already in the high forties, uh, and a bunch of the grass was already dying off. It was laying over on bottom, but if you found some that still was healthy enough to stand up, like I I made the same cast five times in a row and caught fish after fish after fish. <laughs> They're just stacked in there. I noticed they they would chase it, and some of the smaller ones would eat it. Like if it if it was above the grass, well, if I could get that bait into the grass, like you're you're jerking down and it goes into the grass and you pop it up and it comes out of the grass, almost like a trap. I wish I actually had traps with me. Um, I'm surprised the bigger you ones. It. The bigger ones would smoke it. Like that's what it was. It was super interesting, and uh, I ended up flipping a jig into the grass instead and caught them that way too. It was it was pretty cool. But um, when you put that stuff together. We can go on a whole fall tangent here, but we're not we're not here to do that today. But all right, what are you what what are you at now? Three, well, ten. If we're going like bait talk here, right? Like tackle talk. Well, have you cracked like, the top five yet? Oh yeah, we've been on the top five. I just had honorable mentions. I had a five A and a five B and a four, and a just four B reminiscing on a bite that I had. <laughs> right, like all right, all right. So my four is going to be a spinnerbait and a spinnerbait in regards to like close combat. You're making like 20, 30 foot casts. Like you're going through like uh cypress trees or stumps or you're pitching around, whether it's be docks, things like that. That is freaking fun because it's more of a visual bite than it is. And obviously they're, they're ripping the rod out of your hand, but that it's like you're, you can see your spinnerbait at all times. That bite is so much freaking fun. Like if you're going down a bank in the spring 
throwing at laydowns. Like, and it comes over that limb oh. and just disappears. You're like, oh, you know exactly what's going down. Until you live in New York and a pike does it to you like 10 times yeah. in the same day, then it gets a little ridiculous. But when a big, large mouth or small mouth smokes it, yeah. yeah. It's it's the south. Yes. yes. <laughs> Dude, it's so much freaking fun, man, because it's a it's a numbers bait, but the freaking like it gets big bites. See, yeah. that's what's yeah. Like, I mean, it's the thing too, it works freaking everywhere. That's like one of those, it's one of those baits, man. Like you can take it in a deep, clear water quarry, or you can go to you know, Florida where it's chalked out vegetation and maybe dirty, and it's still work like it's Spinnerbait stays undefeated. But yeah, that's my fourth. It's crazy that like it's kind of made a reinsurgence, right, in the last couple of years, but it was only for like a short while and then it's kind of disappeared again. And it, it's kind of funny with the spinnerbait too, is how like each angler has their own preference in it, right? Like some will throw like small ones, like compact, tiny, real small, like throw it in tiny little areas and fish it real fast and then I think it was a couple of years ago on Ufala, you saw Seth Fighter throwing like that one and a half ouncer and brush. Like you, it's so versatile and it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't use it more, but it's one of those baits that you can also live and die by it. So if they're not on a spinnerbait bite, they're just not on it. It's way too much fun, but yeah. all right. Well, real fast. Um, we, we kind of skipped over on our, on our number fives, but I wanted to okay. go through like our optimal setup for people that might be asking that question. You know what I mean? And maybe even uh, our favorite bait for each. Let's quickly backtrack for, for your 5A only. 5A Let's only. The like... rig. All right. So um, my my A-Rig rod is an Elf Angler Wide Glide. It's seven foot nine heavy and it's an S-Glass composite rod. So it's it's got a deep parabolic bend to it, but it's also quick and sensitive. So you can literally feel the fish eat it as opposed to it just loading up um i use a corrado 200 on it 20 pound fluorocarbon and then the a rig is going to be either a young flash mob junior or a brown dog in the weight configuration varies on each body of water i'm fishing but if i had to choose two swim baits that are pretty universal but depending on like the sunlight, if I want eyes and the jig heads that I'm using, I'm either using a cast prodigy or a rage swimmer because they're more durable than a Kytec. Mm -hmm. So thanks for that. The rage oh, swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> if you got, if you got the money to pull out, I mean, <laughs> yeah, nothing gets bit like a Kytec, but once yeah. you're above 45 degrees, I feel like you can get away with just about any swim bait on the market yeah. and on an A rig and they'll bite it. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, so yeah, do your four quick too. Oh, my jerk bait. So that one's a little bit easier. I use a left-handed reel, a Crowdo MGL size 70, um, elf angler slasher. You'll notice I am very elf angler heavy on all of my rods. They're all I use, uh, 10 or 12 pound fluorocarbon, depending on if I want to keep it up higher or get it down lower to the fish. And then there's three jerk baits that I basically have on deck all the time. It's either going to be a 110 or a 110 plus one megabass vision. And then I like the six cents jerk bait provoke 106 and then a Berkeley stunner because they all do something a little bit different. And 
that's why I like. And then if you want to get real in depth, like colors, see, they're going to be something translucent when it's really sunny or opaque when it's cloudy or the water slightly stained. <laughs> Sorry. <I had> to. <laughs> what is a jerk bait? <laughs> what is a jerk bait? Uh, that's that's the lure lab coming out of Andy guys. Um, that's the, the, the captain at work. Um, I I'll should label all of all of the episodes as what is, right? What like, is? What is frog? What is frog? What is Sanko? Uh I'll keep it simple for you guys. So uh my five was frog, seven three heavy, sixty-five pound braid, spro bronze eye, favorite colors, killer gill. Straight to the point. Literally probably don't frog with much anything else. You don't use black or white ever? No, not anymore. I don't think it matters. Right, fair enough. Because I, I mean, Killer Gill, I feel like it's just so natural, does everything. So I've never found a place in uh, light that Killer Gill doesn't catch him. Um, Spinnerbait, I have two different setups. One is going to be a 610 uh, medium heavy fast. Keeping it simple. Two setups. <laughs> Hold on. See you later, Andy. <laughs> JK, JK. <laughs> Uh, six ten, medium heavy, twenty pound, uh, four carbon. Um, the other one is going to be a seven four heavy, uh, with twenty pound or sorry, seventeen pound four carbon. If I'm making longer casts, but that ninety five percent of the time I'm using that shorter rod, uh, twenty pound fluoro, and always I'm, seem to be throwing an accent spinner bait. I don't really throw much else. Um, all right, number three. What do you got, Andy? We're going shallow water. We're getting down dirty. I am picking up a jig and picking apart just about every piece of structure that I can when I'm on a shallow bite. It's going to be a Beast Coast Low Magnum has become probably my favorite jig for just about any situation. And I like a swimming chunk on it. So I use like a rage chunk because I love the action. I trim the skirt down on the Low Magnum really small. Basically just need black or some variation of green or brown and i use an alpha angler alpha angler angler zilla vader i use 17 or 20 pound test in berkeley trialing 100 and i just have a time with an 8-1 or 7-4 gear ratio reel i think that one is a dios what do i have zillion sv yeah bougie yeah that's a fun bougie yeah, that little magnum, that thing is saucy. And I think my favorite bite, too, is like it could be a jig or a tree. When you skip it in there and you go to engage the reel handle and your line is already 15 feet to the right because they're just on it so fast and running away. And this is a tiny little juicy tidbit for our people that are tuned in here. If that happens, make sure you cast back in that tree or that dock. Yes. Because usually when one eats it, as soon as it hits the water and you're closing to hit them, that, that's a competition thing. There's multiple fish underneath that piece of structure, and you're probably going to get two to three or four more bites there. So don't just keep moving. Get back in there and keep whacking them. So Keep whacking them. Keep whacking them. Yes. Yeah. It, it's hard to beat that bite, and, and it's one that works all year round. Uh, the little magnum is like, for whatever reason, I feel like it's – the the small the the smaller compact jig is becoming more and more popular mm-hmm. um which is interesting because not many people in at least that I talked about anymore are flipping that big jig you know i feel like 
It definitely still works. I don't know. That well, little Magnum, dude, it, that is probably by far the, the best compact flipping jig. Yeah, right I now. think it has a BKK hook on it, and it's just ridiculously sharp. Mm-hmm. But, oh. yeah, there's – um. I think <laughs> when I get on this big smallmouth stretch of guiding and fishing for smallmouth, I literally, like, come home, and I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I take all my smallmouth stuff out, and I'll put – a jig rod in the boat and a box of little magnums and trailers. And I'll just go flip a jig for eight hours. Cause I'm like, I need to have some fun. I don't care how big they are. I just want to hit some fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, you. Okay. My number three is, is similar in regards to approach, but it's going to be punching. I love picking up a big weight and put it in the trashiest of stuff. Um, one ounce up to, you know, ounce and a half. Um, find the thickest of mats. There's something about a punch bite, and I've for whatever reason I just I built up a lot of confidence punching, which is weird. I feel like for a New Yorker, but um, for me, punching is like it. It just it makes sense, and I think it from me being an offshore guy, it it I feel like I approach punching well because it's target specific. Like if you you know how to look at grass and and pick out like a, a field of it, you can see the different unique uh, unique aspects to it that become high percentage areas for you for punching and or even frogging for that matter um whether it's like that one little section of cheese on the whole mat or if it's the point that comes out like if i mean when you go down a grass mat and there's one small point that juts out and you don't see a blowhole through it already you're you're itching <laughs> you're like yeah i'm gonna catch one right oh, there <laughs> without a doubt that is so much fun yeah and just like when you're when you punch through and either the, when the mat either the mat shakes or like your rod just gets throttled on the way down there's something about that that is just so addicting to me i mean beyond just the braid singing lady gaga back at you as you fight that fish there's just something really addicting about it and for me it's a my setup's going to be a 7 11 uh, extra heavy fast. Um, the rod I'm using right now, it's a Abu Garcia Fantasista X. Um, the reel I've, I've swapped through a few. Um, it's going to be around like that seven to six to eight to one. You don't want to go too torqued because you won't be able to reel trying to get those fish out. Uh, you want to have a little bit of torque. So I've, my, I found that happy medium is around that mid seven to low eights. Eight to one is about the highest they'll go. Um, Right now, I'm using a Corrado K. I think it's a eight one to one, sixty five pound braid. Um, you can use fifty. I've seen guys use forty. We've had Fletcher Shrack talk about using forty and getting more bites out of that. Um, one ounce tungsten, usually BKK heavy flipping or heavy cover flipping hook. Um, but I also like if I'm in really nasty stuff, like really really thick ounce and a half punch weight. I like that owner uh, Jungle HD. That's one I really like because you will not flex that, and you can really torque on that sucker um but punching man i feel like that's on everybody's list too especially if you've done it and if you if you haven't punched you need to <laughs> because it'll it'll change things man sometimes because i mean the days that you can go out and just bring a frog a frog rod and a punch rod where you go down the bank once with the frog come back with the punch like that's just that's just the man's dream you know or if they're blowing up on your frog and missing it by six feet, but you know right where they live, it's a great follow-up bait to be ready to go with. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. Says the Braves singing Lady Gaga back to you is one of the best things I've ever heard. Clip it, boys. Yeah. No Clip matter it. like what the bite is, if it has braid and it has a weight to it, and you and I think that's one of the most crucial things to talk about too, is when you're flipping with braid, punching, flipping, it's important to change your hook set mechanics just slightly. Because you don't want to jack them. It's more of like a lean snap, like a snap lean. And you really just got to keep going. But it's not a full on jack them out of the hole because you'll lose a lot of fish, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when you go see, when you go watch some of the best anglers that punch right now, like an Ish Monroe, a Bobby Lane, uh, I mean, there's you can rattle off a whole list of guys that are really good in grass. You know, Skeet Reese. Uh, there's one, I mean, I'd put up, let's throw some young guns out there too. Like a Christian Greco right now. I okay. love his West Logan, West Logan, another great one. Like you, you see them, it sometimes looks like they're hitting them hard, but they're not giving the whole slack line. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. They, they, <laughs> see, Rich is exactly what we're talking about. I get too excited and set too hard, but it's hard not to. It really <laughs> is. And then when that one and a half ounce weight comes flying by your head, you realize I just messed up. Cause if that was six inches left or right, you could be losing an eye, cracking your glass. If you have glass, glass oh, lenses, dude. you could crack it, lose an eye, you could lose a tooth. I feel like we need off. to uh we need oh. to have a horror story episode of punching. <laughs> Cause there's there's a bunch of them out there that are are no bueno of like cameraman taking a bullet weight to the forehead type of steel like and it's, um, all, and it's always because you try to jack them like yeah. that's the biggest thing yeah yeah i mean uh adam yeah, riser who's <laughs> yeah i mean you're just yeah open sesame <laughs> uh our guest last week on kayak fishing weekly adam riser uh who we've actually had on this show probably almost two years ago um he knocked out his full two front two front teeth he looked like he was uh your stereotypical Canadian that they joke about in the cartoons with two missing front teeth that plays hockey. Uh, that's what he looked like. Cause he took tungsten to his two front teeth and from, uh, from punching and knocked them both out. Uh, I think it was punching. I might be wrong there, but either way, uh, it was, that stuff scares me. But at the same point in time, the, the technique is so much fun that you can't put it down, but I rest my case because I could go on and on and on about front uh, punching. But yes. Here's a great point from rich too. Our boy at Hellabass. Now nah, you can't set the too hard on a frog. That's Agreed. the damn truth. Agreed. I love, dude. Here's the thing. And it's a I, different hook set, though. It's 100% a different hook set, too. It is. Yeah, you're right. But <laughs> I was just going to say, it's funny when you put, you see these clips or reels when you put out of setting the hook on a frog and you're just jacking their face. And it hurts. And, well, I'm saying the comments that people are like, damn, bro, you're not catching a shark. Take it easy. <laughs> like, it's just like, funny if only it. you knew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You set the hook like you're fishing a drop shot and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I think like as we're on the topic of frog, and that was in my top five, but I took it out because you added it in. So I added a different one. But I want to talk about like my most memorable frog catch that I can remember. And that was that little lake that we fished before the tournament that we won the next day on that shallow point where the grass is. Yeah. There's that little depression. And we're like 150 feet off of it or however far we away we were. And you threw up there one miss. And I literally threw past it. And before the frog even got to the mat, 
it just absolutely obliterated it. And I, that's the one that always like resonates with me because it was a really big fish for that lake. Mm-hmm. And it was, I remember hitting it, the, the braid just goes, it was Lady Gaga singing like <laughs> for the entire time. Like, <laughs> I want to know what love is. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I remember. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna think about in my head now. Every time I hear Braid sing, it's just that song. <laughs> oh, but like, yeah, there's nothing like a slack liner hook set, as Rich is saying, with a frog. Because yeah. you, if you don't hear snap, and if you don't hear somebody go Whoo, on the hook set, they're not setting the hook hard enough with the frog. Because it always Your hurts. ribs aren't bruised at the end of the day. <laughs> like. I've been on frog bites where I have like the butt of my rod going across my br- ribs for like a week mm-hmm. straight and just pain when you move the wrong way. And you're like, all right, I might need to put a different uh, real sided hand on here, <laughs> change it up. Cause I don't know if I can set the hook on my left side anymore. <laughs> You'll be okay. Boo-boo. I know, but yeah. I love it. <laughs> you know, when you go, go from spinning rods to frog fishing, you don't have that like, cartilage and build up here to absorb the impact you know <laughs> oh my gosh uh yeah i mean that brings up a good point too like talking about personal experience uh thinking about the punching the best time i've ever had punching and this doesn't even really count because it was technically private water but i was in florida visiting my parents and uh, uh i work with th marine you know yak gear and we had a photo shoot in uh, this like private deal in the middle of Florida. And we got through the photo shoot and everything. And I kind of was just asking him like, there's a lot of, do you guys care if I stay for a couple hours and, and film and like fish some of this stuff? Cause it's not often you get to go fish private water down in Florida. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And it do this. Like, I kid you not. They're just these little farm sloughs that like literally we're dri- I'm driving, trying to dodge cows to get back to this photo shoot. No road. It's just a field of just cow pies, big cattle walking through. It was super cool, actually. Gators on each one. Like they, there was actually one little slew that they, the, not the guide, but like the, uh, the, what do you call it? The grounds crew. The property were, manager. Yeah. He was just like, don't, don't go to that one. If you're, he's like, in the kayak, don't go there. <laughs> like, I guess it was like, they, they were saying it was like a 12, 13 footer. I'm like, noted. Uh, <laughs> really and, tricky for that. For that yeah. Game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of looking like a snack uh and dude like this whole thing is caked like straight hydrilla around the entirety of it and it's just like full of this these points in the grass thing like it is the mecca uh and i'm sure there's obviously better places but like when you look when you think about punching it's this is this place i got a video out on it too i can drop if people want to see it but literally dude it was every five feet you're getting bit punching and I caught like 40 fish in the matter of three and a half, maybe four hours punching three of them over five pounds. Dude, it was the most fun time while gators were swimming around me and not caring. It almost at one point I looked around, I had four gators just watching like they were like an audience just watching the show go down. But dude, there's just something about that, especially when you can figure out the bite and it's just like hot and heavy. And that, I guess that's the advantage of private water, but still like it's just private think about water punching, bass my... are not real bass t-shirt it because that's hey that's fine i'll catch not real bass all day long then i don't care i just like to have fun <laughs> but it was like dude when i think about punching though it's just it's that day because it's just gah so much fun but nonetheless i rest my case andy what's your what's your number two number two for me is a top water flip top water flipping top, top water, water flipping water bait. Hey. blocking bait like a spook 
Gunfish, um, a Vixen, if you have any reaction innovations, original Vixens. I lost my last one to a pike, and I'm still very sad about it. But topwater walking bait, smallmouth or largemouth, when they're like protecting fry or they're chasing bait and current. Like, I don't know if there's any more exciting bite for me besides my number one than catching like a Great Lakes smallmouth on a spook. In current, yeah, great like smallmouth. You went yeah. specific on that, yeah, because I figured out a deal on the river by me that I can almost always get them to eat a topwater bait. Which Wes Logan, when he came up and hung out with me for a couple days, I got him on a giant great lake smallmouth on topwater. And um, it's just you don't get many bites doing it, but when one bites it, it's always big and it's like dropping. You ever see, like, I think it was Pearl Harbor where they drop, like, the bomb things off the back of the boat and the water just explodes, like the movie. I was I not grabbed, sure where you were going with yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, when you hit that water, and just poof, it, that, it's better than a frog blow up to me. But a smallmouth smokes a walking bait. Yeah, it's just a whirlpool. Yeah. Just, yeah. That is a fun bite, and I feel like that's another, another bait that just helps uh, fish show themselves. Yeah, it just gets a lot of things to chase. I feel like that's one too where you're throwing that. Like if you had live uh or even like a drone, like you could see how many fish are following that that aren't busting up on it. Oh it's sick, especially like how you, when the water's really clear and it's like that low light conditions, but you can still see everything. And if you have a good eye, you can almost see them surfing behind your wake bait or whatever your top water walking bait is, and they just don't ah. It, it's the most addicting bite. It is. All right. My number two is one I'm surprised you didn't have on your list at all. Uh, it's a great one that is like the four by four of baits. Uh, easy as heck to skip. Throw it anywhere. Uh, that's a buzz bait. Oh, I love buzz bait fishing. I just don't do it enough to put it in my top five. What do you mean? All all of your top five is things you don't do enough because you're on the lake here all the time. What do you mean? No, I sneak away and go fish your, other your lakes. Logic is flawed here, my friend. I sneak away and go fish other lakes, but I don't think I actually this past year I did not catch a single fish on a buzz bait. And I tried, I didn't catch one. But the year before, on that same day, I was talking about that frog bite. I think our first like eight or nine fish we caught were on a buzz bait. It it's so much fun. I enjoy it. It is. But I forgot to talk about my setup for my walking bait. So I'll come back to it after your buzz bait. Talk, sorry. Yeah, go for it. Go for no, it. go, go, go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the buzz bait, it's one I've seen some people like uh, our boy Alex Rudd has been catching a crap ton of, of creek and river fish. Um, caught a giant spotted bass on one, uh, but he doesn't throw it with a trailer. So I know you can you can find success like a uh, spinner bait, you know, without uh, a trailer or anything else uh, like that. You can find success doing it. I, for whatever reason, don't have any confidence in it without a trailer. So I always put like a buzz frog or a crash crawl, any sort of crawl like bait. Like I've used a rage bug before anything that's, that's white or black. That's got kicking fins. And I haven't dove in deep into the colors. And I know some people are pretty heavy into buzz baits that like, if you're in here, chime in on different colors you might use, but it's either white or black and it's pending if it's, sunny or windy and it's and typically i'm always kind of throwing a, a white one um yeah. but 
it's it's just one for me that's just fun because you can cover so much water fast and just really go to town and cover in water because you can skip it like a dream, especially in a tight cover. Uh, doesn't get locked or hung up on much, um, especially if you're on like a dock bite for whatever reason too. Oh, like skip so much bites. fun. Yeah, man. It's just like in that bite too. Like it's probably one of like say a chopo or whopper plopper. It's probably one of the best baits to throw. Like that's enjoyable without catching fish. If that makes any sense. It's one of those things where it's like a big swim bait too, where you're anticipating a bite at any second. It's just, it's, it's a, it's, it's good for the people like me with ADHD. <laughs> Keep us entertained. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that stinks about a buzz bait is when they miss it, but very rarely do they miss the buzz bait in my opinion. Now, are yeah. you a trailer hook guy or a no trailer hook guy on your buzz bait? Yeah, here we go. Brian, Brian said it. Perfect. Yes. Uh, ASMR fishing experience. That's one. Put a mic on the buzz bait and imagine the noise. Oh my god! That. <laughs> you don't even need that. Just your GoPro picks it up. <laughs> Good gosh! Uh, another. If you guys are all into watching YouTube as well, Brian's a great one. The creek crawler. Uh, if you guys are into that backwoods creek fishing stuff, he he puts out some incredible content. Um, but yeah, that's what one hundred percent what it is. ASMR, ASMR, and ADHD <laughs> abbreviation fishing is what it is. So. Um, I like to, as I'm driving down the road, just stick the buzz bait out the window to get it nice and tuned and squeaky. Oh, dude. When I'm throwing a buzz bait and I'm like rigging it up, my wife hates it because I'm sitting there just making it do its thing. Yeah. These drives are nuts. <laughs> what are you doing? But yeah, dude, um, that one's awesome. My setup for that one, um, I have to give 100% credit to Gerald Swindle because I took this directly from his uh, seminar he did on Bass University. Uh, and it's a seven five uh, medium heavy casting rod with uh, fifteen pound fluorocarbon, uh, and it's a three to one. I'm throwing a Abbe Garcia Xenon X, um, and it's a I think it's a eight three to one. Uh, you need something fast, it's just like with a Chapo or uh, Wap Plopper. You need something that's a fast gear ratio to be able to efficiently go at different speeds, um, as well as catch up to fish too. Um, but for whatever reason that, that fluorocarbon seems to be the deal for me on hookup ratio. So uh, that's that's my gig. But what what was your um setup for your number so, two? So for the topwater walking bait, I always have gone back and forth between braid and mono, braid and mono, because you want a line that floats, and I can never figure out which one I liked more. And I still go back and forth, but the rod I use currently the alpha angler top hammer rod which is a seven foot medium and if i'm running braid it's 30 or 40 pound braid and that mono is right around that 15 to 17 pound mark you want something a little bit heavier and the advantage of throwing braid is you can cast it a lot farther but it's easier to overwork the bait because there's no give with braid so you get a lot more tangles on the treble hooks i've tried a mono buff bumper try to fluorocarbon bumper i land more fish when i use braid but i find i can work the top water bait better when i use a heavier mono yeah so it's i haven't quite figured out exactly what i like either way it's the most fun bite but in that current i feel like the braid is the way to go i just i get tired of it wrapping up on that front treble sometimes yeah i'm with you yeah, I, I like that little leader of mono as well. Um, we have uh, our boy Brendan in here, Brown Bait Co. Saying, "What have been your picks so far?" Let's quickly run through five. 
You're not 5B. You're 5 to 2 so far, Andy. Roll through them quick. All right. So I had 5 is A-rig, 4 is jerk bait, 3 is flipping shallow cover with a compact jig, and then a topwater walking bait. And I have frog, uh, close quarters, spinner bait, punching, and a buzz bait. And uh, Andy? And Brendan, don't worry. I think you'll be pleased with my number one. But Andy, what's your number one? So this one is not a drop shot. It is actually mm-hmm. flipping sparse grass, but with braid. So like a light punching rig, five eighth ounce weight, three or four odd straight shank hook. Always snell the straight chain hook. Straight shank straight hook. Chain. I cannot talk. Chain and, straight. Then, and then the baits that I like to use on it is either the Beast Coast Perfect Flipper, I think is what it is, and then like a Pit Boss by Berkeley, or just some type of, oh, this is the one that really has been fun this year, it was a Big Bite Baits BFE. Like, those are the three baits that I flip all the time, and yeah. we'll call it 5 to 15 foot of water with 50-pound braid. And the rod I use is actually an Alpha Angler Hitter, but if I'm going less than five eighths, then I'll use the Zilla with the same flipping sub 50 pound braid to flip sparser grass. Still thick enough to go to a heavier weight, but more sparse grass than punching. I saw where you were throwing punching. straight. It was like what 40, 50 pound braid when we were flipping that one day, and I was throwing like 15 pound floral flipping the yeah, same yeah. stuff as you. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's <that's> hilarious. Like, <laughs> like, like, how heavy a line are you throwing? I'm like, 15. You looked at me like, oh, <laughs> like, that's dangerous. Yeah, it that's was dangerous, funny. but that like that fish don't exceed three pounds. So no. we were all right. <laughs> but there's just something about hitting them like 40 feet in front of the boat on a, a long oh, yeah. flip, and that braid's like, and then you sit, you lean into them so hard that they fly by you. Yeah, cute like, lady guy yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you awesome. should definitely put that in the soundboard. I dude, that one and the I want to know what love is. So just, we gotta yeah. we gotta add it to the the ringer. Um, uh, Clint is asking, what does the BFE stand for? I believe it's the was the best flip best, best flipper ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. But that was also, a flip Harmon, Yes, they have the uh, BTL color in there too, which uh, I actually caught a bass on that day. The BTL color. Nice. Sent Pangraka a message of it, and he didn't answer. The jerk. <laughs> Calling him out right now. No, Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Shout um, I actually have some in here, I think. So, yeah, I love that bait. They're fun. The BFE? Yeah. It is pretty good. That and a couple more we'll have to save for another episode. We want to unlock some more juice that uh, some people might get mad at. But nonetheless, um, my number one, this will make Brendan in the comments happy, It's a glide bait. That dude, whether or not I'm catching them or not, when you see fish going freaking nuts on that big of a bait, you're like a little kid, you're like, oh, 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 he almost got it. Like it's same same thing when you're talking about earlier it, the jerk bait it, or chasing, it, and you're like, it. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just tra- and they're just they're just tracing that bait all the way back to the boat. And then yeah. the most the worst part about it is you see them, you see them, you see them, and then the bait gets like 10 feet from the boat and they just stop and turn away. Dude, I, I still to this day, man, I my biggest regret ever in life <laughs> was forgetting my GoPro stuff. And not even forget, it, I didn't bring it on purpose because it was Memorial Day and it was taken at the time fiance out fishing. 
and kayaking, I brought two rods. I brought a glide bait and just a simple wacky rig because fish had been uh, were up shallow and all that jazz. And just for simple catching, just if you wanted to throw it around and catch fish too. And I had no plans because I thought we were going to be kayaking around that day, just enjoying the morning. And she, she goes out there and brings her book. And she goes, I'm going to read. You can go off and fish for a while. And I'm like, deal. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I didn't think of any of it. And then in the first literally 20 minutes, had caught, and uh, it was like a six, 608 or six. It was like a low six pound smallmouth on that Spro KGB Chad Chad. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I shouldn't, totally should have brought the camera. It's lesson learned if you're a content creator or you want to be or whatever, always bring the freaking camera regardless. You can always delete footage. But like that day had 30 pound bag all on the glide. Had that seven pounder on the glide, had uh, two over six, a five, and then well, really high four, but caught several, several threes. That this was this lake was crystal clear, like you're watching them. You could see them, like if you want, if you had the GoPro, I fished there before. You could see them ways away chasing the glide and come up and bust on it. But dude, that one six pounder that was the largemouth came up and ate it subsurface like it was a dang shark week like they're in south africa testing with the, <laughs> the fake seal like full-on breach out of water with it dude i was so mad that i didn't have the gopro that day it was like such a mix of emotion like this is the greatest day ever but also this is the worst day ever because i know it's gonna i mean i have the scale in the pictures but other than that i wish i could have the video just to show everybody it's just uh dude there's something about it man it's so cool. It's like raw. It's there's something so thrilling about watching just a pure magnum come up and just like either you can just see the the raw f- uh, fish uh, emotion going out and they're hunting a big bait and you just see them behind it uh, and just kind of seeing how they behave, dude. It's it's super cool, man. I just I can go on about it forever. Brendan, he knows in here. There's a couple guys in this in this that throw glide baits. That gosh, it's so much freaking fun. I wish I had more time to do it because when I'm out like fun fishing, I'm like, yeah, I should really, I always have one tied on and I throw like 15 casts with it. And I'm like, all right, I just want to catch a fish because this is my day off. Like <laughs> you should just yeah. put uh, some wire around the trebles and let it just sink down 40 feet. No, <laughs> Don't look them up. <laughs> I'm sure they would. If I can get it yeah. down like 15 over 30, like 15 off the bottom, I bet they would come up and smoke that. Thing. Yeah. It's just keeping it down there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of, I haven't dove in deep into like real deep into the world of glide baits yet. Cause I've somewhat stayed cost effective in regards to the bait. Like the most I've ever spent oh, on a glide bait has been that KGB Chad Chad. Um, I'm trying to remember how much those are. Like pro ones. They're 60 or 70. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was around that 70 price mark, which is, I mean, that's a lot dude for one bait. Uh, for a lot of people, but there's there's stuff out there that people are spending multiple hundreds of that, like two, three, um, much higher than that too for one bait. Uh, I'm not to that echelon. I don't think I'll get there, but nonetheless, um, that KGB uh, Chad Chad, it's a great freaking glide bait for all around the country, uh, especially for somebody if you're like me that you're relatively entry level to it because it's very consistent. Um, you know, you can just slow reel it, chop it. Like you can do a bunch of stuff with it and it's, you know, it does, it stays very consistent. It's a great, if you, and I say a great entry glide bait, if you don't want to spend 70 bucks, 20 bucks is that Savage gear shine glide that it might throw like a helicopter, but it walks very consistent or chops consistent if you want to say, but 
nonetheless, um, my setup's pretty straightforward. It's a uh, it's a seven nine Fenwick Elite. It's a seven nine heavy, uh, sorry, extra heavy, twenty uh, five pound fluoro, which might even be a little bit. I don't know. I could be again. Don't quote me on these. Might be a little bit too heavy for that glide. I might not need it, but every time um, I've had one bite so far, I've landed them. So it's uh, setup works great. Cast it flawlessly. Uh, I'm Fish a, your confidence. Yes, I'm throwing a. Uh, I think it's a seven six to one. I think it's a Revo SX. Um, probably need a bigger reel, but that's what we're rocking with right now. Um. Oh boy, Brendan! I don't know about that man. He said, uh, "When you want to venture into that world, I'll, I'll lend you some fancy baits." The, uh, careful using the word "lend" because I have a great way of breaking things. I don't know if you want to venture down that one. I'd rather just pay for baits that you're not going to use anymore. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, we were trying to, or actually, we're you we were trying to get a guest on tonight specifically to talk glide baits. So we do have this show coming up um, where we're going to dive pretty deep into that one. Um, but yeah, man, I don't mean to go on the giant tangent, but glide baiting is just so much freaking fun. Uh, I'm thinking I might be diving off the deep end on it for taking some trips here this year, especially taking a long time to just go chase that New York freak giant. It's, it. it's so much fun, man. But nonetheless, uh, those are our top five. Uh, if any of you have further opinion or there is a specific something we talked about because if we went and linked every single thing we talked about in here that'd be quite the long description oh man it'll take up three quarters of the description we'll character limit ourselves yeah. right out yeah that's right so if you guys have uh most of the stuff is all in omnia fishing but if for whatever reason there's something that you can't find or you don't know exactly where it is um feel free to reach out to us and we'll happily send you guys a link to it um anything that we talked about uh, but nonetheless, uh, Andy, this was fun doing the uh, top five. So there's some, you guys have ideas for shows like this that you'd rather us do. Like you want us to talk about something different, but from like a top five, top three rank, something, things along those lines, uh, let us know. Um, want to implement more of that fun, free flowing rabbit hole type of conversation back in, in addition to just, uh, some of the interviews we've been doing, but, um, coming up. This weekend, we have Friday's episode with Steve Estes from Bass Fishing Electronics coming on. We're talking some fall fishing slash early winter fishing up here, uh, some electronics talk, things like that. Um, but uh, Andy, coming up for you, if folks want to either one, get in on some winter steelhead stuff with you, or if they want to get on some uh, spring smallmouth while you actually have availability because it's closing very, very fast from what I've been told. Yeah. Almost, uh, almost how can now. they do that? <laughs> so um, reach out on Instagram. I'll give you my phone number so we can talk about it. But uh, yeah, my spring is just about full. I think I have maybe 14 days available from the middle of April through the end of June. Uh, Steelhead is pretty open from December, like the second week of December on. Uh, it's going to be a very busy winter here very busy spring already it's looking like so thank you to everyone who has actually booked a trip but uh yeah if you really want to get out and catch some giant smallmouth or largemouth and then chase some steelhead i would definitely recommend hitting me up soon because it's Do it. pretty quick yeah he's the master of disaster yes that is definitely <laughs> it if you like organized chaos <laughs> yes 
Just kidding. But if you're for real, put you on fish for a lifetime. Um, try to at least. Yeah. Try to. This weekend, I got something pretty cool going on, Andy. I'm going to do a literally polar opposites. Um, I have some articles I'm writing for. I don't know if anybody saw last year. I did some articles for Kayak Fishing Fun, which is a magazine for in fishermen. It was pretty dang cool to be involved in that. And so I got more in the works. That's pretty, pretty pumped about that. Uh, this weekend, um, I'm taking the Hobie Eye Trek, which is a smaller inflatable. And I'm going to go explore some of these creeks and see what they're like in the fall. You know, I've been, cause I've been tapping into you what might be good. So that way I don't get into, go get in the way of a bunch of guys steelhead fishing and get rocks thrown at me. But I'm uh, going to go take that to some, do some creek fishing this weekend. And then the next day, I'm hoping, weather permitting, we're going to go out in the big lake and chase some big uh, late fall smallmouth on the kayak. But it's, uh, hoping, it, hoping it's going to be a weekend full fishing seeing as though i don't it's another weekend i don't have to worry about football i gotta worry about football on monday because it's the eagles bye week eagles play the chiefs super bowl rematch monday night really pumped yet scared about that one yeah here's the thing here's the thing that scares so here's some football talk people so i apologize ahead of time uh because we do need to talk about something pressing a little bit football wise with buffalo um but i don't even want to talk about it (laughs) no if you don't want to we don't talk about it but uh dude i was looking at the cowboys remaining schedule and the eagles remaining schedule isn't it for the cowboys god dude it's messed up it's so it's so messed up so what happens when you're the second or third place team so i'm gonna show you the eagle schedule well i'll list it off so we have the chiefs next monday the week after that we have the bills Oh, sorry. So Monday is Chiefs, and not even seven days later, we have the Bills, then the 49ers, then the Cowboys, then the Seahawks, and then thankfully we have the Giants. But then again, it's it's late season. Anything can happen. It Giants could be, you know, they could bounce back from the slump they're in and be, who knows. Um, and then Cardinals, wild card there, and then the Giants again to wrap up the season. But, like, that schedule versus, let me pull up the Cowboys here. Um, the reason I bring up the Cowboys is one obviously rivalry because they're in the same division, um, and that can make things quite interesting with how their records are. So you look at that strength of schedule for remaining of the year. But now the Cowboys have the Panthers, Commanders, Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders. So I mean it's not easy, but it's way easier. Like because you have the Panthers, Commanders, they should be. Seahawks will be a good game, but they should win that one. They should, no offense, beat the Bills the way the Bills are playing right now. Uh, Cowboys, Dolphins will be a great game. Cowboys, Lions actually will be a really good game. Ooh, yeah. Lions have been playing, re- they're a really fun team to watch right now. Lions are going to be scary in the playoffs. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. This is uh, the Bills right now. They're turnover machines. As oh, I, I have a really funny meme I'm going to send to our group chat real fast. You should just show it to the camera, honestly. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I will. Hold on. <laughs> at, at this rate for fantasy football, I'm going to pick up every defense that's playing the Bills at this point. <laughs> yeah, any turn- <laughs> turnovers, anyone? <laughs> oh, man, it's oh, so God. good. No, I, I, I guess we'll talk about the Bills news. They fired their offensive coordinator today, which basically I think – Everyone in Buffalo has been like begging for since about week 14 or 15 last year. There was a really good documentary that came out like sports analytics and why the bills have like literally the best offense in the NFL, except for 
they turn the ball over and don't score touchdowns. And it comes down, basically, the video did not blame Ken Dorsey, but basically came out and said that he was running a high school offense in the NFL. So it was really good from 0 to 40 and 40 to 0, but the reason why most of their drives stalled from 40 to 40 is because they literally lacked creativity. Everything was an option route they pulled. They had no offensive line pulls in the running game. They just were all straight ahead. Wide receivers had option routes. So, like, some of these interceptions on the option routes was the wide receiver stopped and Josh thought he was going to keep going or he ran the wrong option. And when you have an option play on every single route you run, it gets really tedious and confusing. And there is no, like, (coughs) pardon me, offensive scheming to create openings. It was up to the wide receiver and the quarterback to be on the same page. So I'm hoping – Joe Brady, who basically made Joe Burrow at LSU, hmm. who is Josh Allen's quarterback coach the last two years, he will now be the offensive coordinator. So we're hoping that there becomes some creativity in the offense. And that's the one thing that I think we're missing when Brian Dable went to the Giants. He would always send Isaiah McKenzie when he was here in motion behind the line of scrimmage, fake handoffs to him pass. It's just the little things like that or natural rub routes. We had none of that. It was deep posts, goes and hitch routes and deep outs. Pretty predictable. And that's why the offense sucked and they should have fired them before the season. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing to look forward to, and this is to be positive for, for bills fans is that while five and five is not optimistic to make the playoffs, the AFC, even though competitive, you look at records, it's very tight. Yeah, there's still a very chance. Tight. I think their playoff chances right now is like 29%. But we have to play. We have the Jets, Eagles, Kansas City, Cowboys, Pats, Chargers, and the Dolphins, Dolphins left. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure I got that all in order, too. I will say the one thing that's impressive, though, some people are saying fire McDermott, and I don't know if I agree with that because McDermott no. is the only reason that defense is still re- – the defense is the only reason they stayed in that game. The, the defense game. is the only reason they're 5-5. Five and five. Yes. They, This team could easily be – And it's a third-string defense, too. <laughs> yeah. So last night they were talking about it before the game. They were down six defensive starters, and the payroll for like four of them is literally almost half of our salary cap. Between Milano, Trey, and Daquan Jones. And Micah Hyde was out, so that's another one. And then yeah, just it's what is uh Epinesa? When is he when is his contract up? This year. Oh god, you're gonna have to pay him. Yeah, so like no, he's he's gonna end up having to walk probably because Gabe Davis is up this year. Let him go. Uh, AJ Epinesa is up. And then we have all, like next year the Bills are gonna be in shambles. Like half their team is on expiring contracts besides Alan Diggs, the entire offensive line, Milano, and a couple of the defensive players. Gosh, that sucks. Yeah. And Kincaid and Knox. But yeah, the rest- gotta get a look, look uh, it's a bright future if he can stay healthy, man. Yeah. If you think about this one, if he doesn't fumble that ball in the Bengals game, we probably beat the Bengals. Like it's just it's Very been one of those years. It is. Dude. Speaking of 
Bengals. I'm sorry, guys. This is total football talk, but like, dude, Houston looks good. Houston looks good. Stroud looks so good. Dude, the Bengals might not make the playoffs. Like, I think they're the fourth team in their division right now. That, like, yeah, look at their uh, division. Right? Steelers are leading it, I think. No, Ravens. Baltimore six and three. Yeah, the I think Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland are all six and three. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, because Cleveland beat Baltimore. Yeah, dude. You know what I love? I love that this year is like, even though the Eagles lead the the record, there's been some games where I, it's been like some imposter syndrome where it's like they scores are not replicating how the Eagles look right now because they they're they're figuring some things out, but like they should have put away that the Cowboys game handily, but they literally self-destructed. Like he literally texted me that you're like, the Eagles are like self-destructing right now. <laughs> they should have put that away handily, but made stupid decisions. But dude, I mean, this year it's like, there's, there's no clear cut powerhouse. You know what I mean? Like, cause you have the chiefs, you got the Niners, you got, uh, you got to put the Eagles up there, but like there's teams that are like, could make a serious run and scare some people that is the lions, the Seahawks even look good. They got blasted uh, by the Ravens, but like, I feel like they show some moments of brilliance and then you got the Ravens who look really scary too, but it's like they, they're so on and off teams are not consistent this year, yeah. which is, is making things really interesting. But one thing I'm going to bring up to you, this is going to be my only complaint for the rest of the night. Refs are way too damn involved in these games now. It's oh, becoming yeah. almost annoying to watch. Like last night, the end of the Bills game, that Terry Johnson penalty. What more could you ask him to do? He saw the receiver running back to him, so he turned around to look for the ball. And if you if you go back and watch him, yeah, he put his hands on him, but Jerry Judy literally tried to push off of him to get the call, and they called yeah. it. And ultimately, that's what. Well, and here's him. the thing: it shouldn't too. have came down to that. Here's the thing: I hate. And this that hits me. This is a soft spot because this is the Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl. They when you don't call it all game, why do you call, call it at the end? Yeah, like you you can't you can't do that. Like it's just it's just screwing over whoever's on defense last. Yeah, it, it's just kind of one of those lame things. And I think just the refs are way too involved. And it's not as bad as basketball. Basketball is even worse. Uh, that's just absurd. But um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's. It was PI, yes, Rich, but it was just one of those things. Like it's a shitty position to put Taron Johnson in. It's like, what do you, what do you do? You know, it's like, but nonetheless, uh, it's like we'll, uh, it's like fifty fifty though. Like sometimes they call it and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and usually what they say is, yeah, you can make contact, but if it looks like you're fighting for the ball, it's not technically pass interference. Like. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the rule is too gray. Like, all, and that's part of one of the issues with all of the rules in the NFL. Like, there's literally holding on every play, but they don't yeah. call it every time. Like, well, speaking of Rich here, I mean, dude, when when uh, Cousins went down, people thought Vikings are done. Uh, Vikings Josh are very much alive. Yeah. Yeah, I was you know, out of his mind. I saw a funny stat the other day. They're like, oh, they're Owen four with Justin Jefferson, I think, before he got hurt, and now they're like unbeatable without him. So I guess trade Justin Jefferson, right? Trade him. 
Get rid of them. They'll be better off. Trade them and get some better offensive line to give <laughs> Dobbs and Cousins some more time. I don't know. I, it, dude, you can't say that with Justin Jefferson. Man, I know. I think what it did, I was just uh, and I think I think Rich is a Vikings fan. Uh, I don't know the hundred percent, but he can feel free to comment if you're still in here, Rich. Um, is I think it allowed Addison to step up and, and allowed Addison to get comfortable. Yeah. And it get, just obviously got him a lot more targets. And, dude, that kid can freaking play, man. And then Hawkinson is lights out. Uh, I think if they can step up the run game, like, that'll even – it'll help the pass game even more. I think Osborne got hurt, but he's like a, he's a great WR2. Uh, but you put Jefferson back in now that they're feeling like that. I mean, dude, Vikings are scary as long as they can step it up on defense. Yeah. They're, they're fun to watch, man. They really are. Uh, coaching does a great job. For the most part, but yeah, nonetheless, the the playoff race and everything like that for NFL this year is super exciting for all our sports people. We should have a bunch of people still in here, so they must enjoy the NFL to some extent. I'm still watching college right now just because uh, it's a lot of shaking up with because uh, obviously I'm, I'm an Oregon, Oregon Ducks fan for people that listen to this show, and Pac-12 is going to be no more next year because we're going to the Big Ten, uh, and so it's going to be instead of seeing. Washington, Washington State, USC. We're going to see all those teams, but now we're also going to see Michigan and USC. Or not, sorry, not USC. We're going to see Ohio State. We're going to see Michigan State. Penn uh, State. Penn State. It's going to be crazy, dude. And I'm actually pumped for it. I uh, My wife got me another Oregon jersey for my birthday, and we're going to plan to fly to Oregon next fall to go watch uh, Ohio State at Oregon. Sure. That's going to be a wild game. But uh Nonetheless, uh, they're ranked six right now. Just beat USC and have a real shot if they win out the season to a uh, hot take. Caleb Williams is not that good. Dude, he's pretty damn good. Yeah. It's college football though, dude. You, you never know. Like it's it's just it's a whole different caliber. It is. And that's that's what I'm saying is I think and I'm not saying he's not I'm not saying he's overhyped. But when he needs to show up and play a big game in a big moment, he disappears. Yeah, but if you watch that game against Washington, he made the plays. He made the yeah. plays. You can't – one guy can only do so much, man. You know what I mean? He, he was – if you look at his stats from that game, he showed up. His completion percentage was there. What was the one where he did not show up in? I think it was. Yeah, he was good in Washington. 27, 35, 3, 12, and 3. Yeah. But I think that was, a, that was a battle of the who could play better on defense. Yeah. That's what that Washington game was. But no, they lost to um who they lose to. It wasn't Washington. They watched some lost somebody else as well. You, it might have been Utah. Yeah, whatever one they lost to originally, I think he threw like two or three picks. But nonetheless, college football is fun too. But I think we'll end the rant there and uh, <laughs> sign off for tonight. Andy, that was fun. It was. Talking about top five of our most fun baits to catch a bass on. Maybe next we'll do our top five least favorite baits to catch a bass on. Drop shot, wacky rig, shake head. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, somebody did say we should do top five bucketless fisheries. Oh, that'd be a fun one, too. That would be a fun one. Uh, if you guys got ideas, throw them out there. If you want to see any episode topics, uh, feel free to DM us on social or send us an email. Um, but nonetheless, Andy, that was fun. Folks, we'll see y'all on Friday.
Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanga fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.